0: When Father Jim scheduled me to preach today, World Marriage Day, I took a look at the readings and was very pleased to see that the gospel is, in part, about a mother-in-law. I actually did a computer search, and I believe that it is the only place where the gospel even makes mention of any mother-in-law at all. And it just so happens to be Simon Peter's mother-in-law. Just as an aside, I actually have had three mother-in-laws, but that's a story for another day. I could have found a uh, mother-in-law joke, but I won't bore you with one this morning, but I digress. This gospel gives us a glimpse into the private life of one of the apostles. The gospels really don't tell us much about any of them. We think of them as somewhat solitary figures, We don't think of them as husbands or family men. But clearly, there must be more to them than what we read in the Gospels. We don't even know if Peter's wife was alive at the time. Some think he may have been a widower. Did he have any children? Don't know. Today's Gospel invites us to imagine what kind of husband Peter might have been. Based on the Scriptures... I suspect that he was less like Jim Anderson from Father Knows Best and maybe more like Ray Barone from Everybody Loves Raymond or maybe even Homer Simpson. But then, most of us husbands are. The perfect husband or the perfect wife is as much a myth as the perfect marriage Or, for that matter, the perfect priest or the perfect deacon. Our very nature, all of us, it's flawed. And that means that we are constantly falling short of perfection. Our challenge, however, is to accept that fact and to live with that. And yes, to forgive that in ourselves and in those that we love. It also means that we must expect the unexpected. I remember when I was about 40, I traveled to Colorado Springs for an inspection with the federal government, and while there I was training for the Columbus Marathon, and I was running every day, and I was in pretty good shape back then. During my runs, I could see off in the distance, Pikes Peak. How can you miss something that's over 14,000 feet high? On a blazing hot mid-August day, my team members and I were traveling in a car, up the long and winding road toward the summit. As we got higher, we found ourselves going through clouds, like going through the fog. After passing through the clouds, and as we went higher and higher, we saw something quite amazing. At the summit was snow. We could also see thunderstorms going on below. these vivid pictures remain in my mind to this very day. It was incredible. We went from the heat of summer to what seemed like Christmas at the summit. When I was thinking about marriage this week, while on retreat at the Trappist Monastery of Gethsemane, these images came to me. I thought, wow, that's what marriage is really like. Marriage is a journey journey that husband and wife make together. It is a journey up a winding road to maybe a place you cannot see or even imagine and you cannot predict what you will find as the journey continues or even where it will take you. Hmm, I call it wonder. And yes, we need to have a sense of wonder as we take that journey with the person who will be our partner for life. But if you're like me, you need a map. I get lost no matter where I go, I need that GPS. But in marriage, you do need a sense of direction and a shared vision and a common destination. But as my wife of almost 32 years can tell you, you have to keep your eyes and your heart open to the unforeseen the miracles and the mistakes, the surprises and the setbacks. You never know what is around the next switchback. It could be complete whiteout or even a tornado, and you never know how it will change you. Maybe that was what Job was experiencing in the first reading how many people would here would sign up to be Job? You know, I think God's timing is so perfect. Isn't it fitting that the first miracle of Jesus, the changing of water into wine, happened at a wedding, in the early moments of a marriage? But you know, marriage is not, it's not for the faint of heart. Marriage is for those of us who are strong enough or bold enough to make the commitment to enter into the vocation of marriage, the vocation of love and life. A deacon friend of mine said that marriage is about transformation. It is about how the water of our lives when touched by another is changed. Life becomes richer, sweeter, and fuller. It becomes like fine wine It has the ability to intoxicate us. And of course, what has become wine can then be further transformed. Think about it. Wine at this altar becomes Christ. And a man and a woman at this altar become one. And they become a family. This is how the human story continues. In the family It's enriched. It's changed. In the family, it is sanctified. What this means is so very simple and so very beautiful. When joined in the sacrament of matrimony, we become something more than what we were. How? How, you ask? Because of love. Because of grace. Because of another You know, in this day and age, so many of us are pulled in a thousand different directions the job, the kids, the house, the bills, the chores. For myself, I also have my ministry as a deacon. And yes, it can be so easy to lose sight of the person who makes this ministry possible, and that's my wife. Oh, I remember back in '06, before we were ordained, Bishop Campbell and Deacon Frank looked at us and said, we have to expect the unexpected. There will be demands and many expectations placed on you. But they told us, never, ever forget this. As all of us who are married here tonight Today, this morning, our first priority is our first vow. And it's the same for Father Jim, the vow that he took. Yes, those statements have application far beyond ministry here in the church. Most especially in our day and age when the sacrament of marriage often finds itself belittled, marginalized, marginalized and even redefine, God help us. This morning, we as a church stand in defiance to that and we affirm that the transformative power of marriage continues in ourselves and in the world. In a moment, we will celebrate the great gift of God, the saving action called the Eucharist, the Paschal mystery by the very fact of our baptism. We are all called to bear witness to the world. We are to embrace the sacraments. And yes, we are to celebrate them. At the end of Mass, you'll hear some familiar words, go in peace, glorifying the Lord with your life. We hear it so often, every week. But that may not register. And let's be honest, by that point in the Mass, a lot of people are already out into the parking lot nobody here right but this time stay and listen and ask yourself what does that really mean how will I love and serve the Lord how will I put those words into practice how can I take what I hear and receive here and carry it out those doors and into the world into our lives that was Christ's challenge and this day and every day it is also ours. Because whether we realize it or not, that remains our great calling as Christians. We are to live out our vocations, baptize all of us as priest, prophet, and king. An obligation has been imposed on us and woe to us if we do not preach it to the world in the way that we live our lives.